0: You are Locked On Cowboys. Your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys,
1: part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Locked on. Lock on. Lock on. Lock on. Lock, lock on. Lock, 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 on. lock, lock on Cowboys. Lock on Cowboys. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, this will be our last podcast together for a couple weeks. Um, Are are, are you going to miss me? I'm just putting that out there. Uh, that,
0: stop redirecting. Let, <laughs> let's let's talk about why uh, you're, you're going to be gone. Can you
1: can you tell the sure. people? Uh, by the time you hear this podcast, I will probably be married. Uh, and I'll be off to Jamaica for the next couple of weeks. So,
0: if, if all things go well if all things go, <laughs> well. if all things go well. If not... What, what, Marcus, what Marcus doesn't realize is that I am actually in Pennsylvania right now w- <laughs> waiting to show up tomorrow at his wedding uh, and just just waiting for that moment if anyone uh, here objects to this union and I have got the... All time greatest showstopper for your <laughs> wedding to basically completely throw it off well, rails, but but it, just wait,
1: you just wait until tomorrow, and I'm going to completely throw this. Yeah, thing it, off. If that happens, then we'll probably have a podcast on Monday, so it's a win-win we'll for win the about it, so. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, have, uh, we'll have material at least. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so coming up on today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about Tony Romo. Actually, uh, he hmm. went on the Ben and Skin show, I believe it was Wednesday afternoon, uh, and touched on a couple different really th- good things. If you haven't listened to that interview. I highly recommend that you go back and do that because Romo was just fantastic on there. Um, but let's go ahead and start with Dak Prescott. He uh, was a little – I'm trying to think of the right word – cautious about this news that Ro- Dak Prescott may be changing his footwork. Um, I'm going to read you the quote, Lane. and it's a little long, but we'll get through it just so we can talk about it. He basically Romo said, The more I worked on fo- footwork and football, I found my throwing mo- mechanics sometimes suffered because I was actually making it more difficult. Basically, the way the ball comes off your hand, your lower body, and and everything adjusts to that. There's a lot of different footwork by some of the best players, but their mechanics of the arm angle and the way they are releasing the ball are very similar. I'm not saying one is right or wrong. I've always felt like I wanted to attack the arm angle and the way the ball was coming out first, and then I would eventually move down. Dak's going to work hard. He's a hard worker. He's got good coaches around him. As long as he's throwing the ball with velocity and spin that I wouldn't mess with his throwing motion too much. All right, Lena, just kind of in a vacuum, what do you think about those quotes from Romo there, about kind of the arm angle, the lower body mechanics, kind of all tying together? Uh, You know, I think he's not... I'm going to
0: go ahead and assume that he is not, like, dealing in this... I think he's speaking very generally. But I think if you go back and you look and if – this is – I think this is being interpreted by some people as – Dak shouldn't be working on his footwork, or or Romo thinks Dak shouldn't be working on his footwork. I, I think more what this is is that we're speaking very generally about something that has a lot of subcategory specifics, right? Like right, footwork right, for a quarterback is a broad term, um, and and I think that actually the kind of footwork, uh, the kind of footwork that that we're talking about is is. Is actually the kind of footwork that Romo had a lot of success working on. Right. Uh, I, I think that what Romo is referring to is kind of the intense focus on getting your feet right. You know, making sure nah, 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 uh, getting you know t- exact foot placement on your three step drops, where your the landmarks for drops. You know that sort of thing. I, I think that what Dak is needing to, and, and I, I, I think that this is actually. Uh, in a, you know, in union with what Roma was saying, not not in you know defiance of it. Uh, I think what Dak is wor- working on is a lot, kind of what Tony did when when they were talking about you know there was years ago where you know, Tony used to work on one thing on off season, and one of those see- off seasons was trying to emulate Tom Brady mm-hmm. in the way that he had quiet feet in the pocket, as 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 Tony referred to it. And what does that mean? What that means is that, uh, you know, when there's pressure around not getting too. Riled up with your feet ready to escape because just like Romo, Dak is one that can get out of the pocket, get out in space, and, and operate in chaos. Like he's good at, uh, at operating imp- improvisationally with his feet rolling out, creating new angles, either to throw the ball or to run. Maybe right?
1: even better than them when they're in the pocket. They almost feel like they're more loose yeah, when they're ab- doing absolutely. that kind of more I mean, backyard style football.
0: Yep. And a lot of quarterbacks are like that. I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers, you ben know, Roethlisberger, you talk about the, the, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, like Russell Wilson, these are all guys who I think. You know uh, are not just operate okay outside of structure but maybe operate better outside of structure um, so anyways I think that the issue is that what what that what what's happening is that that need or that desire to kind of break free or, or have the ability to break free uh, and to get outside of structure to create I think at times it's impeding Dak's ability to deliver the ball in the pocket or deliver the ball with his upper and lower body. I mean he talked about, you know, connecting the upper and lower body in the throwing motions. When Dak when Dak doesn't throw the ball well or throws the ball without accuracy, mm-hmm. it's because they're not connected. And it's because and it's not so much that, you know, his footwork as in, you know, his three-step drop is bad or his footwork's all all over the place in that way. I think his footwork generally in that manner, in in structure, is fine. I, I agree, think it's yes. it's when you know he, he operates so well outside of structure. But when he fails, is when he doesn't do the simple thing, like hey, stop, collect your feet, and throw the ball. You I, see I'm it, so glad You, you can said get this, there. Yes. Uh, you see it. You can get it there. You're just too excited. Like you're just you're, you 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 and you know and, and he misses on throws that you've seen Dak make all the time, and it's because again. And I think even what Romo said said specifically, if if there's velocity in his throw, blah 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 blah. I think that's what the problem is when Dak doesn't connect his upper and lower body. He arms it, and mm-hmm. and it, and it, and, it, and it's inaccurate, and it's not.
1: It's typically Bad Velocity is a bad ball, right? Like say, the what, ball typically flies on him. It goes. It goes yeah, high. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And so, and that's bad, especially at low speeds. I mean, that's that's very. It's a bad ball to be putting up in the air. So, uh, I think that's. Where I kind of came down on that is that I feel like this is a a situation where we're all speaking too vaguely about something that, you know, there are tons of specifics that, you know, Romo and Dak and all of them are aware of that we are kind of just generally guessing at.
1: Yeah, I think you nailed it because I I was actually watching Prescott last week um, and you're right in the pocket. The mechanics are fine. There's really not too much I would change. I mean, just little tweaks here and there. Um, but it's outside the pocket. He has a tendency, and it's weird. It's weird, it's weird
0: oh, because it's his strength, right? right like his right, strength right. is to get out of his pocket, but Absolutely. it's only in his strength that his greatest weakness is also revealed, which is nuts. Well,
1: what I, I, I can specifically remember the play. I just can't remember the team. But basically, he turns his body to the defense, where his chest is facing the defenders. And he's like leaping in the air, and his legs will Which kind one, of... Up, I mean, with one leg up? Yeah, one leg up. Sometimes both will be up. And it's all... You mentioned it, its It's all arm. And most of the time, that's where the inaccuracy comes from. If he would just set his feet, he doesn't have to necessarily come to a stop, but just be more calm about it. He's going to hit that pass way more often than not, especially early in the season. I think you're still getting some of the effects from, you know, the 2017 season where... You know, the mechanics kind of got bad after that Atlanta game where he was just trying to, you know, l- run for his life. and uh, He kind of developed some of these bad habits where he's jumping on passes that I don't know why you'd ever need to jump. But I, I think he nailed it right there. Um, so my question to you is, Landon, is how fixable are those kind of things? Is it, uh, is it one thing that you can kind of work on in the offseason to say, hey, I'm going to clean up my mechanics outside of the pocket is it a muscle memory thing that maybe can never be retaught, or you know, maybe with enough coaching over enough time, maybe it's something that helps him settle down? No, I, I think it can be taught. Just because
0: it's you know he he doesn't have a problem throwing that way most of the time. You know, it's it's more just the. I think if anything, it's it's not actually mechanics. I mean, you know, it's more like. Uh, playing within yourself—it's I, I, hard. To, you know what yeah, I'm saying? I know what, like, you, I know what you mean. Yep. You, you know when when you when you when you improv in sports, right? Like when you're when you're playing outside of structure, like sometimes. Your fundamentals, you lose your fundamentals because you're not like you're not playing inside of the pre-practice structure a lot. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but but at the same time, you have those fundamentals. I mean, they're there. Like you, you can operate them in structure. And like we said with Deck, he he's shown us that he can do it outside of structure too. Uh, more often than not, more often than not, when he gets outside of structure, he performs very well. Uh, it's just that uh, occasionally, and and more occasionally than we like, he he does he forgets to set his feet. So I, I think it's just improving that situation, making it more like the successful version of those plays. I, I do think this is fixable because I think it's just repetition. You know, again, like this is not something that he's having to uh, force into his body. It's more just reminding him that he's got to take the time to do what he normally does on these plays, you know, or, right. or, or recognizing that, okay, I can't, I can't get my body in, in the position I need to do to throw the ball. I need to get rid of the ball or run the ball. You know what I'm saying? Like right. it, 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 it could right. be about more about decision making in what to do in the moment as as opposed to even mechanics. It's, it's about, okay, we're at the critical spot. I either need to have, do I have enough time to stop, settle my feet, turn, throw the ball? If I don't. Do I am I throwing the ball into the stands? Am I running? Uh, maybe those that decision making tree needs to be worked on a little bit.
1: I hate comparing Romo to Dak because it's really not fair to either player. But I, you, you look at like where Romo was, you know, as a rookie in two thousand four, and then even his footwork by the time he got to you know when he was on the field in two thousand six, there was a pretty big jump in mechanics and all that kind of stuff. And then if you compare Romo from 2006 to the quarterback that we saw in 2014. I mean, my gosh, those two players almost couldn't look any more different, right? In terms of mechanics, yeah. in terms of being quiet in the pocket. Uh, and, and this is what makes me feel comfortable about paying Prescott long term is we've got this baseline player right now that we're looking at. You know, I, you can judge quarterbacks by however you want to. I still kind of like saying passer rating, you know, a 98 passer rating quarterback, in Prescott. We know that he's a hard worker. Assuming that every year he kind of works on you know, his footwork, kind of like Romo, build on one thing, focus on one thing every offseason, I think you're going to see a significantly more fundamentally sound quarterback by the time we get to year eight and nine. And maybe that's when some of the athleticism starts to diminish a little bit. And, you know, it, it's what happens to a lot of these really good quarterbacks. I, I, I mean, this is more of a proximity thing, but – I remember watching Ben Roethlisberger early in his career, very similar to, to Romo, where everything was outside the pocket. But now you watch Roethlisberger; it, he's one of the quarterbacks that'll stay in the pocket the longest. He'll you he's know, seen it all. He's seen that it point. all. He'll manipulate yeah. the defenses with his feet in the pass rush. Uh, I, I think Prescott will get there. So this, I think, this is all encouraging news. And to me, the part that I'm taking out of this is Prescott. Or, excuse me, Romo knows what kind of person and what kind of work ethic Prescott has. That's what makes me feel good long-term about the quarterback the Cowboys have in place. Uh, Any last thoughts before we go ahead and move on, Landon? Yeah, two things. One, I think
0: that what makes this a little bit more difficult for Prescott than Romo is, uh, you know, Prescott, when he gets out of structure, running is a lot more of an option for Prescott than it was for Romo.
1: Absolutely. And and so I
0: think that, that... element of the, the decision tree can mess with... Uh, I think with Romo, he's getting out of the pocket to throw. So he knows that he wants to load up and throw the ball every single time that he's... I mean, he's not gonna... If he runs the ball, that's the exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. With Dak, I think it's 50-50. When he gets out of the pocket, he can either run the ball or he can throw it. So I think that makes the, the act of settling his feet... just that much more difficult because he's also still potentially more in run mode. Mm -hmm. And then two, the other thing I wanted to point out along the lines of the work ethic, you know, think about the kind of person it would require to, even with the hurt Tony Romo, think about the kind of person that it would require in that locker room to Turn that team, uh, get that team behind him, and take that job. To great, Romo, point. absolutely. You know, I think, I yep. think that, I think that we, now that we're a couple of years away from this, and I think that some of the Romo people have calmed down a little bit. I'm right here. You don't, you don't need to say Romo people. I'm right here. <laughs> I'm, I'm a Romo person too. Let me be absolutely clear. I love Romo, but I, I think that there has been this kind of backlash on Dak because of to, uh, on a certain segment of Romo, especially popular, early right? in his career. Especially, I, early. I, I think I think if you yes. if we if we all can take a deep breath now and look back, Dak's a special guy, and clearly he's a special guy if he was able to come in as a rookie and even with a hurt Romo take this job the way he did and 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 do what he did to take this team where he did as rookie year. I, I think it's time for us to recognize that his he has special qualities and that the special qualities that exist between his ears can translate to on the field as well in his uh, ability. So I, I, that's what gives me a lot of confidence not only in his work ethic, but in his intelligence, his ability to lead this team. Uh, and, and I think this team fights for him and i hate to say this i think this team fights for him and a lot of these guys fight for him in a way that uh, a lot of people on the team ne- didn't necessarily play for romo
1: and that's a good way to transition to another topic because i do i i, I have i have thoughts on that but i don't want to get into that today um no. let's go ahead and talk about jason witten because romo had some interesting thoughts on jason witten as well uh, kind of. Oh, did simil- he, did he, Marcus, or did he just have my thoughts yeah, well, that he stole? Well, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say some very similar <laughs> to thoughts to someone here on the Lockdown On Cowboys <laughs> podcast. Hey, you never know. Maybe Tony, when he's out on the golf course, is tuning in. I, I, I wouldn't put it past him. Uh, he's a smart guy. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I don't
0: know what's going to happen with Jason Witten this year. i got to tune into that Locked On Cowboys <laughs> podcast to find out what my, my best buddy's uh, season is going to be like. Because I can't just call up Jason Garrett or Witten himself and kind of get a no, synopsis. i got to no. hear what Landon and Marcus got to say about Absolutely. my buddy.
1: Because we've never been wrong about anything ever. <laughs> All right. So here's what Romo had to say about Witten returning uh, after a one-year hiatus on ESPN. Uh, he'll pick right up where he left off I don't think it's a big challenge for Jason the reality of it as long as you know the game as well as he does there are certain positions he plays one of them at tight end he's always going to have the nuance to get open let's say he runs the exact same as he always did to me it's just that at that position your ability to use leverage against somebody makes you make you think this and then do that It's it's like the back pick in basketball just all of a sudden, he gets you, and you didn't even know it was coming, and the guy is wide open. He's very intelligent with a game of football. I think he's going to pick up right where, from where he, when he retired. I think you're going to see the same guy. That's a hard quote, Romo. That I, is not a quotable quote. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's a little choppy, but that's okay. Um, a little bit choppy. Do you think Romo's right here? Do you think he'll be able to pick right up where he left off? Because I, I, I really don't have any concerns. And for me... Uh, the, my only big concern is: Is he going to be able to stretch the field? Because when we saw him in two thousand sixteen, seventeen, I, he couldn't do that. It kind of limited your offense. But Lane, just go ahead and give me your thoughts on Witten. Well, I, I think that he doesn't need to stretch
0: the field as much anymore because now you can put a guy in the seat, in the slot to do that. I, I think that's the that's one of the benefits of. The, the, the problem with having Witten and Beasley as your guys who operate in the middle of the field is that neither one of those guys can get deep. Now you ha- now you can sub in a guy who can play in that spot opposite of, of Witten to get deep if you wanted to stretch like a, a middle of the field safety or, you know, just if you wanted to hit the seam on a cover two. Yeah, I, I think that that gives you more opportunity. Do I think that Witten's going to come back and start running uh, seam routes all day? No, I don't. Um, but I think that Romo again, like, kind of said what I said. What was it last week? Uh, I think I think Wynton, I mean, Whitten can do this till he's fifty. I mean, he's he's big as long as he can run. I mean, I mean, and I don't mean like you know normal NFL football player run. I mean, just, you know, get downfield reasonably speed, which I, I honestly think he could come back in better shape this year than the last year that he played, just because I think a year off, I think he, you know, can maybe rebuild his body a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Uh, um, I, you know, but it, it, like it doesn't require a lot of athleticism to be savvy at the top of your route and be... Six, six, 260 pounds, you know. I, I so I think that is, he can, he knows how to read coverages while he's running, and that's something that I mean, tight ends take years to learn. My, my question
1: so, is: is he going to? Is he basically going to be Cole Beasley in two thousand nineteen? Is that yeah, going to be his role?
0: Essentially, yeah.
1: I, I I kind of think so. Right? He's going to be yeah, the well, guy on he, third think, down yeah, that gets like, you six yards on third and five.
0: Yeah. I I, I mean I think that he's. Like he's he's red zone and third down guy, he's your guy. Like I mean, he's he's your guy. You know, so I, I think he has a, he has value, and and the role. And I think that that's the thing is that people are just kind of writing it off. But I think you know he with the rest of the pieces on this offense, like there is a big Jason Witten sized hole in this offense. And when he showed up, like he can do those things that you need for him. I think we didn't see, and not to get too excited, but I mean. Think about this fact that this is kind of crazy to think about. You know, if when you put it together, we never saw Jason Witten and and Amari Cooper on the field together. No. Like, and, and, and what Cooper does to threaten the defense down the field. Really is going to open things up underneath for Jason Witten even more, right? I agree. So and and, and Gallup too. He's never played with Gallup, and Gallup is. The, I think Gallup coming back is a guy who's going to be you know again a big deep threat, a, a down the field threat. I think now suddenly you've got even more room underneath for a guy like Witten. And then, uh, as I mentioned, you got someone who like Cobb or Cooper could be put into the slot, could could start testing the the defenses uh, upfield in the middle of the field, Uh, so uh, more more room for operating. Like I, I think this this is a situation where you know Witten is still good at that thing that has kept him in the league this long. You know, being able to get open quickly and catching the ball for short distances. There is a role for that on this offense, to be certain, especially considering, you know, you and I have been going back and watching these games. Uh, how frustrating is it to watch this team move the ball all over the field and then not score in the red zone? Mm-hmm. I, I think that, you know, Witten doesn't have to be very fast to score in the red zone. And I think he, at the very least, draws a whole bunch of attention uh, and and and, you know... Gives the Cowboys a lot better options on RPOs, that sort of thing near the red zone than they had previously. And at the very least, you know, he his the the tension. Let's say you put the twelve personnel in there. Now you've got a much more manageable talent uh, uh, matchup for a guy like uh, for Blake Jarwin. I agree. You know, because yeah. yeah. Jarwin, I think, it, as a tight end one, he's probably. V- I don't know how much he's. he's I'm excited there. to see. Yeah. I don't know what see what I'm excited to see what Schultz and Jarwin have done this off season, but I don't know that Jarwin is even a tight end one talent wise yet. But I like him a lot as a tight end too. I do too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I I think opposite of of Witten, you could see some things with with uh, just the way it, in the same way that when Cooper came in, everything kind of fell into place properly with the other people in that depth chart. I think it could the tight end could have a similar effect. Even if Jason Witten is not a Amari Cooper-like injection into the tight end room.
1: Uh, last thing for you, Layden. If you had to bet, do you think this is Jason Witten's last season, or do you think he's going to try to play at least two, three more years? I think he keeps playing. Okay. I, mean, I, 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 mean, I think two I, more. I think this year next year. That's kind of my guess. Uh, he's he's my
0: age, I think, right? He's a little bit younger than I am. I think he's 39, right? No, I, don't, I think he's like 37 now, isn't he? This is bad radio. I can figure this it out is, real quick. But, but while you're t- doing it, dude, honestly, I think he could play until he's 37, yeah. I think, I think he could play three or four more years. Easy. <sighs> I, I do. I just like. I mean, it won't surprise me. That's the thing. It really will not surprise me. When he retired, I had not – I mean, you, you, you saw aspects of his game that had obviously taken a large step back. But if he is, honest to God, willing to accept a role in order to just continue to, to be – continue to play football, if, if his perspective has changed to that degree where he, a year from football I realized, hey, I just want to be around the guys and play football again – and win football games, and not nece- And he doesn't necessarily feel the absolute need to be, you know, the focus, the the the, the guy who's getting ninety five percent plus snaps. I, I think that. He could be a role player on this offense, a, a useful role player for another three or four years. Because I, I just mm-hmm. don't think the thing that he does well is something like Tony talked about. That's it's not really going to diminish. Like I, I, I just and the way he works in the off season, and everything. I, I really do believe he can just keep doing that for a while, and and, and probably I mean yeah. I, into his
1: forties. I'm excited for the bald Jason Witten era in Dallas. It's going to be a new chapter for the Cowboys. I'm excited. It should be should be a lot of fun. I, if, if, if that if, listen, I'm gonna I'll
0: write a book one day. If that shaving of his head represents the the letting go of all the ego of him, and and then like and, and this is the new era of him being like, you know what? I just want to play football. I want to be a part of the team. I'm not. I love that. I, I, that would be the most amazing, like poetic, beautiful thing, and I, I can't. I, I can't. Wait to write this book. I, I love
1: it. All right, well, that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, again, I'll be off for the next couple of weeks. Landon will be here Congrats. the entire time. Congrats, he's be, Marcus. Yeah, Landon, this is this is Landon's time. He gets to shine. He doesn't have me holding him back. Uh, he's going to be doing some fun shows out at training camp. So make sure you guys are tuning in. We will make sure that you guys are covered here uh, at the Locked on Cowboys Podcast. Just a, a ton of fun content coming up. Make sure you follow in. And at McCoolBCB, don't be shocked if he does some periscopes out there. He did a couple last year. I remember him walking around training camp, and that was always kind of fun. Uh, You can follow the show at Cowboys. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you guys next time.